Experts in the property market say that uh, the low interest rates uh, are reaching an all-time high and uh, a notable shift in consumer buying behaviors makes now the perfect time for buying a home. But for consumers, which is the best option, to buy or to rent? Help, to help us understand uh, what the answer or best answer that would suit this, we've got Natasha Champion, who's regional sales manager for Uber Group. Natasha, thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. Morning, Patricia. Thanks for having me. So, Natasha, um, you know, the repo rate and the interest rates are all favorable for consumers, but the economical climate is not favorable. So what should we be considering as consumers in the property market? So, I mean, absolutely. What you've got to do, Patricia, is decide whether you're, you've, you kind of, you've got a long-term dream um, of being a property owner and, and having an potentially an income or wealth-creating assets. So obviously there are pros and cons to, to every decision that one makes. You've mentioned the interest rates. The banks are, are also um, giving very favorable terms uh, and uh, their lending appetite is increased. So there are quite a few positives out there, and, and now might be the time for a first-time home buyer to embark upon a home ownership Mm. So if I'm considering to go into the property market as opposed to renting, what are some of the factors that I need to consider? Because I'm I'm looking at the fact that if I'm renting a house, right, I don't need to worry about the wear and tear, you know, the geezer bursting. The landlord's going to come in and fix that. Uh, there's certain things I don't need to worry about. Whereas with buying a property, I must be able to pay the rates and taxes. I must make sure I can afford the levies if there are levies in that property. I must maintain the property. But who knows what will happen with the interest rate? It might increase and then I can't afford it. Mm, absolutely, and, and those are kind of the calculations you have to take into account for yourself. You know, as they say, with, with great power comes great responsibility. So anything really worth having is going to come with a sense of responsibility. But the flip side of that argument is that it's something that's yours, something that you own. And obviously subject to council regulations and, and you know, estates or, or complex regulations, that property is yours also to do with what you, what you like, to decorate it, to extend it. It becomes your own and, and, and ownership is, is a reality and a dream for, for most South Africans. So when you do your calculations, you 100% will have to factor in maintenance, insurance and levies. But what's nice about the current market conditions is that it still might end up being financially worthwhile. So it could end up being financially worthwhile with so much people being debt-ridden. Is it easy to qualify for properties uh, in this day and age? You know, the banks are going to 100% take into account your credit score. That's why it's so important to take control of, of your finances and understand exactly what your credit score is saying, what it means, and how to improve it. So the reality is that, that almost half of South Africans are credit impaired, but it isn't the end of the road. Once you understand your credit score, there is a rehabilitation process that can be followed to increase your credit worthiness to, to the point where you are ready to buy. Remember, you need to have a certain credit worthiness to, to be um, eligible for rental as well. So generally speaking, if you've been approved a rental contract, you probably are um, halfway there in terms of your risk profile. So it's clearly a buyer's market. Um, buyers can negotiate. But where does that leave the sellers? 
You know, so the sellers will have various reasons for selling, and, and every individual situation has its own, own circumstances. You know, so if sellers are pricing their properties realistically and fairly, you know, they're finding that potentially they've got more than one buyer in some cases, you know, competing for that property as well. So it's not always one-sided. Uh, the, the market kind of um, produces a willing buyer, willing seller scenario where both parties negotiate and obviously come away. They say the best outcome of a negotiation is when both parties leave a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> that they've made sure. sacrifices mm. either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for the for the seller at this point in time, I mean, obviously every property has a market value. You want to sell for whatever reason, maybe relocation, or you just uh, downsizing on your portfolio, or because you want some some cash, you know, injection, and you're selling your property uh, for, mm-hmm. for to gain you from your investment. Is it fair that they can't get their property value at this point in time, and they now need to, you know, be on the begging side? Mm. So remember, the, the value of a property is kind of, it's subjective. It's, the, the real market value is what, what, a, what a buyer is prepared to pay for the property. You know, that's where a real estate agent professional will come in. They'll show you comparables in the area. They'll show you um, deeds office reports in terms of what really is um, attached to to the points that make up the value of the property. You know, property by its very definition is an emotional transaction. So the fact that you that maybe the seller raised their family or or maybe overcapitalized on, on a jacuzzi, you know, in an area where that's not going to add value, isn't necessarily the reality of what that property's value is. So I think it's down to price counseling um, at, at a real estate level when that conversation is held with a the seller and, and managing expectations up front. Let me go to a quick break. And when we come back, I want us to speak about uh, the renting market. Uh, the rental market is one that uh, others are going to be stuck in for a very long time because of finances. But uh, it's one that we need to zoom in on. Remember, you can also weigh in on the conversation we are having with the uh, regional sales manager for Uber Group, Natasha Champion. Um, we are talking about uh, the current uh, uh, property climate to buy or not to buy. That is the question. Patricia Dooley on SAFM. It's uh, 10 uh, to, uh, in fact, nine minutes uh, to 11. And uh, we are currently in conversation with Natasha Champion, who's a regional sales manager for Uber Group. On the line, I've got uh, Colin in Cape Town. Good morning, Colin. Your guest. I would like to ask your guest a question. My property is insured against fire. Now, I start off by paying 200 rand or just under 200 rand years ago, for the valuation of our properties, 1.6. I got a phone call the other day that um, the insurance company has been taken over by another insurance company and they notified me. So I asked a couple of questions. I said, do me a favor, just check to see what my property is valued. He said, me 1.6. I said, how many years ago? He explained to me. But... From that time, 199 or 200, I can't remember, it's gone up there to 600. So I asked him, how come my valuation, uh, my, my um, uh, property isn't insured for more? Seeing that my premium is going up, don't you people take from my premium and, uh, and, and, and push up my um, claim? 
So he couldn't actually answer me. I, w- I would like to know why is it. So I said to him, look here, in, say something happens to my property today. Where can I go for 1.6? You can barely build a couple of rooms, uh, you know what I mean? Let alone uh, rebuild a whole house that's burned down or something like that. So I would like to know why does the value stay the same for 15, 20 years, but your premium rockets each year? Thanks very much. I'll listen on the radio. Thank you for the question, Colin. Um, Natasha. Yes, thanks, Colin. So, so by no means do I profess to be an insurance expert, but when you when you take out homeowners cover or, or buildings insurance, remember that is the structure that you're insuring. So that is the replacement value of the structure. It doesn't include necessarily the value of the vacant land. So um, I think it's important as consumers to bear in mind that traditionally we were compelled to take the homeowners cover out with the bank that that insured, uh, uh, that granted the home loan. Uh, for a long time, it, the consumer has had their rights, as long as it complies with the bank's requirements, to actually shop around and get their own quotations in terms of home loan cover. So it sounds like if Colin's insurer is unable to give him the answers he's looking for, he can 100% shop around and see if he can get a, a competitive quotation in line with his expectations of the policy. Now, back to the question that I had around rental properties. I mean, there are some because of their financial uh, situations who might not be able to qualify to purchase a property, even though, you know, the climate is ripe for them. So what should we be looking at in uh, the rental market as consumers? You know, I see, yeah, the rental market is is most likely going to take take a bit of strain, you know, as, as the, the buyer's market emerges. So, I mean, if we're looking at renting, uh, we we need to bear in mind that, that of course, you are not going to have uh, an appreciation asset. So, so basically what you're paying for is kind of uh, accommodation. Um, but then, you know, the, the plus points are, are obviously flexibility. Um, usually your rental will be locked in for um, for between 6 and 12 months for the term of your rental. So you've got a little bit of stability. You aren't subject to interest rate fluctuations. But having, having said that, one needs to be cognizant of the fact that there will be certain checks and balances before um, a rental agent or before a landlord will be willing to enter into a, to a rental contract with you. So there is still an element of financial responsibility that, that one would need to be um, cognizant of, Patricia. Mm. And for the landlords then, I mean, if you're saying that the buyer's market is is uh, clearly going to bring a bit of a dent uh, for the rental market, what should landlords be considering now or people who want to buy properties so that they can rent them out, given this in fact? Mm. So the buy-to-let, um, you know, obviously th- that type of business plan in terms of wealth creation, again, you know, it's so important to, to, to run every single scenario through your kind of your financial calculations before you embark upon that type of investment. And make sure you are in a position to cover a bond repayment, levies, and all the costs that go with home ownership. In the event that you that you don't have a tenant for three months, six months, 12 months, it's very important to do calculations on every possible scenario and apply those numbers very conservatively 
when you decide to embark upon a rent-to-buy investment property. Mm. You know, I, I know during the the pandemic, when it started, even up until now, a lot of people were not able to pay their rent. So landlords were stuck with, you know, bonds that were not paid and so on and so forth. And uh, I think it, it created a lot of tension for a lot of landlords. I mean, when you're in a situation like that, you've got multiple properties and you've been used to having tenants who are regular um, throughout the, the, the year then now all of a sudden COVID hits. Do you have any advice for such uh, landlords? Again, you know, one would one would hope that, that, that one would have some form of insurance, some form of emergency fund, and factored in, you know, who can who could really have foreseen this, you know, Patricia? I mean, I think as, as with landlords suffering, you know, various financial institutions in terms of, of bondholders have also had to, to, to kind of try and put relief plans in place to, to assist those that couldn't make their repayments. So, you know, in terms of, of, of landlords, the, the only advice I can really give is, you know, make sure that you that you best have prepared for, for all possible scenarios. But having said that, you know, I don't know who could have really foreseen this pandemic besides Bill Gates. Mm. And some are luckier <laughs> than others. So what's your speciality at Uber Group when it comes to property? So I uh, run the Gauteng region, Sandton and Randburg predominantly. Um, I've been with Uber Homelands for 19 years and, and held various positions, um, but currently in sales management running a team. And so, uh, and Uber mm, does uh, specialize in home loans, um, applying with all the major banks and so on and so forth. How do we get in touch with you at Uber? So that's Uber Home Loans. I need to be very clear about the spelling. It's double O-B-A, Uber, dot C-O dot Z-A. Excellent. Thank you so very much, Natasha, for joining us. Appreciate it, Patricia. Take care, listeners.